Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no Spice Girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered. For just being me. Amy Winehouse. Back to Black. Directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R. Under 17. Not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. Hey guys, back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck yeah! And some waves. So we could go surfing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> ah, love that! A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in! Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it! Um, can a girl go shopping? Yeah, baby! Wait! Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid-back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear, affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. Hello, and welcome to Cool People Did Cool Stuff, which is a podcast that has some people on it. One of them is me. I'm Margaret Kiljoy. One of them is Prop. Hi, Prop. Hey, Killjoy. Continue to body roll. <laughs> <laughs> well, the worst part is this is several days later, and, and um, we've stayed on Zoom, and Prop has just been body rolling. Day, My back is days. killing me. <laughs> yeah. But I want to be known for committing to the bit. Yeah. You just, you commit. That, that's true. Sophie... Should I commit to the bit of pretending like your last name is podcaster? It's not as good of a bit. Maybe it's not worth committing to. Sophie is our producer. Uh, what about produce well? You could be produce well. Prodwell? Prodwell sounds like a name. Sophie Prodwell? That sounds sexual. I take it back. It does. I was, that's I'm what sorry. I was saying. That was I'm the so pause. Sorry. She's cleaning her ear out right now. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, I, don't right. Know, I don't know about that one. I don't know about that one. <laughs> all right. Ian, your our fate is in your hands. It's this, up to you whether you leave that or cut that out. <laughs> it, it, it's just Sophie. All right, Sophie. Uh, yeah, Sophie's our producer. Ian is our audio engineer. On woman did our Ian? theme song. Uh, hi, Ian. I almost hi, forgot. Ian. And I'm the body roller. <laughs> I'm not currently body roller. <laughs> Prop the body roll. <laughs> Prop the body roller. Don't stop the body roll. You can get body roll tattooed on your knuckles if you want. Dog. That's one of Margaret's oh, yeah, favorite things to do is to tell you what you <laughs> could get tattooed on your knuckles. Yeah. Especially because if it's four letters, you know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, Anything two four that's four words, letters. Perfect. It's yeah. perfect. Yeah. Hilarious. On Woman has, uh, the person who wrote our theme song, On Woman, has an album coming out, a new album coming out called Desire Paths. That's out September 22nd. Prop has a new album that came out in June. Mm-hmm. I can't remember the name off the top of my head. Terraform right. the Possibility. That's right. Is that the third in the trilogy? Is that what it's it the is? Fourth. It's the fourth? Fourth, it's the in, the fourth trilogy. in the 
Quadra something. Yeah. 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 The fourth and final, man. The, the opus, the final, the opus minimus, Magnus, the Magnum PI. Yeah. That's cool. People don't really do that much anymore. Like, it, we're in a very, wow. like, single culture, let alone Man. an album culture, let alone a, like, arc. Like, this was a book. And yeah. then the book had four EPs and a cold brew. Yes. Yeah. We, you know, this was a four year <laughs> process. I like that the cold brew is the same name. It's good. Yeah, man. Same world. Yeah. You gonna start a new podcast called Terraform? I I mean, I might as well. Yeah, that's what you need. More more projects. I absolutely need more projects. Yeah, so does I do need more money. So uh, (laughs) y'all just y'all subscribe to Cooler Zone Media. That's for sure. And where we last left off, this is Wednesday. If you started, if you've been listening to the show, if this is your very first episode of the show, congratulations! You should go back one. For everyone else, Wednesday means it's the second part of a topic. And the topic we're talking about today is the fact that John Henry was a real-ass person. And he was a cool-ass person. And his legacy is cool as shit. Although some of it's really messy. But not because of him, but because of shitty people. So where we last left our hero, he is convicted and he's been sent off to the Allegheny Mountains to dig through them. Well, actually not dig through them. Actually just to haul uh, mud and shit away. Mm -hmm. But... And they're running into this thing. They're able to automate everything except the drilling. Or they're able to speed up everything except the drilling. And, you know, they, they, they have dynamite. They have railroad cars. Now they just need a better drill. Enter the steam drill. The problem with steam engines for drilling, and just kind of in general, actually, is that you need they're really big and convoluted and complicated. You need a boiler and you need an engine. They need to be near each other. And they need to be near where you need the power. You can't just strap an engine to a big old drill. At, as much. People kind of tried, but not easy. Uh-huh. You have to transfer that power. Eventually, folks figure out how to use pipes to transfer the pressure using compressed air to power a drill, basically. Someone else made a diamond-coated drill where the drill itself was like part of the engine. I don't know. 19th century technology is wacky. Yeah. Both. This sounds so difficult. Yeah. And both broke down constantly. And you've got these old-timey salespeople running around being like, hi, I'm an old-timey salesperson. Would you like to purchase the latest technological marvel that'll increase your profit slightly and murder just the absolute most workers possible? It's the greatest, latest, it's the latest, the greatest. That's right. Yeah. And then the robber barons are like, yes, that sounds like two birds with one stone. Sign me up. I would like to both drill into this mountain and kill these people. If this dude dies, there's more people, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's <laughs> yeah. fine. We can get yeah. more, right? Yeah. Yeah. God, the, the amount of American history that is like literally tied into like, quote unquote, we hate immigrants. Just kidding. We need immigrants so that they can die doing the following labor that no one who was born here wants to do. Like the most bizarre, the just the most toxic and just if we could just give the country a therapist, like just the yeah. most <laughs> y'all just need therapy. It's so bizarre. And also like. I mean, speak. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's an obvious tangent that none of us need to go mm-hmm. on because we already know. But I'm just like, and then the nerve, just the the yeah. the the psychological malady of thinking that it's the immigrants' fault. Yeah, yeah. That you know what I'm saying. Rather, like you mad at the immigrant because you can't get a job because yeah. the people are willing are down to pay pennies 
Yeah. You're not mad at the person that says that's going that wouldn't gonna pay you a livable wage in the first place. That's yeah. not the problem. The yeah. problem is the person that's willing to work for non-livable. I just don't understand. Y'all math ain't mathing. No, and it's you ever seen that that cartoon? There's like the the capitalist and he's sitting in front of a huge plate of cookies, and then there's like a a white worker who has one cookie, and then there's a you know a brown worker on the other side has no cookies, and the boss is like, careful. That man's trying to steal your cookie. Yeah. Like that. Yeah. That. That just sums exactly it up. that. It's yeah. exactly that. Yeah. So before steam drills, when you tunnel through a mountain, you do it with humans and you do it with dynamite. Well, originally black powder, but you have two man teams. Sometimes it's three man teams. Mm-hmm. It's a hammer man and then one shaker who holds the chisel in place shifting the chisel between every blow to make sure it has a good bite into the rock, right? That is called rolling. That is where rock and roll comes from, almost certainly. Mm. I mean, there's a lot of different people claiming different etymologies, but the the argument I read in this history book is very convincing. That is called body rolling. That's right. I was prophetic this whole time. Absolutely. You are the roller. Um, Sophie is the hammer man. Uh, And I am the third person actually the third person on the team actually just sings. You actually don't want oh, me to sing. Oh, it's like you keep the rhythm. Yeah, no, that that is what you do. That is yeah. what they sang to time everything involved. And sometimes there's a third man on the team literally just to sing. That's interesting about uh, rock and roll, man. I want yeah. you said that was pretty convincing. Yeah, because it. I'm going to talk about how all of this ties into to blues, right? Okay. Which obviously comes before rock and roll. Yeah, you know, um, it doesn't go straight from these uh, hammer songs. Mm-hmm. To to rock and roll, but uh, I know more about the blues. That is a more known and and totally hundred yeah, percent yeah. rock and roll. If you look up the etymology, most of the etymologies that people say are actually more recent, or they'll be like, oh, it comes back to um sailors and yeah, they're like yeah, yeah. ships that are rolling or whatever. Uh-huh. But honestly, this is more convincing because this is um because this is black culture. I was gonna say because the black direct music. lineage, yeah. yeah, yeah, like that. It is it's just much mm-hmm. more convincing to me. Yeah, so. They chisel or drill holes. Then they pack them with gunpowder or dynamite, and then they set it off. A lot of the digging actually in these tunnels was actually vertical because you drop shafts in from the top of the mountain so that you can mm-hmm. dig from more than one or, I guess, two spots at once, right? Mm-hmm. You want as many different places to dig from as possible so that you can get it done fast. So they'll do like three, they'll drop three shafts in and then dig all directions. The conditions, well, okay, so... The, but when John Henry is first shipped out, he starts as a mucker. His job is loading broken rock and muck into railway cars. We know this because all of the people who were sent out, that is their job, right? That is what the yeah. prison laborers were doing. The convicts weren't used for the actual specialized hammering yet. And the conditions were, um, this is going to shock you. They weren't very good. Huh. I know. You'd think that these people doing a dangerous job, we would hold them as a, probably, I mean, they're, they're doing a more dangerous job than the CEO, so they're probably getting paid more, right? One but it actually think. wasn't the case, yeah. Yeah, it's pretty valuable to have, you have a company. Yeah. You would think that most important part of the company is the people doing the work. Yeah, you'd think that. Their overseer was a guy named Claiborne Mason, who had previously built railroads overseeing chattel slaves, and now he was using pr- mm-hmm. overseeing prison slaves. During the war, he'd been a slave master who worked to build bridges for the Confederate military. But he had a hobby, his hobby was hanging Confederate deserters and anyone suspected of helping them. He sucks. Okay. Fuck this guy. Imagine like 
that's the overseer from your old plantation. Yeah. Like you've you've you're like, this is a shit job, but at Fuck. least I'm not a slave. And then you get there and you're just like, what the f Yeah. It's still the same guy. That man ain't dead. You're just like, yeah. how this man ain't dead? We went through a yeah. whole ass war. This man ain't dead. <laughs> shit. Because he didn't like, yeah. fight in the front yeah. lines. He did the safest yeah. work possible in the war. Why didn't you die slow? Yeah. yeah. The tunnelers, who at this point are black and Irish and, and free, um, both sides are you know free folks. Um, they drink together and they swap songs at illegal Irish-run whiskey shops in the evenings. The convict labor wasn't allowed to drink at, um, except at the grog shop, which was owned by Claiborne Mason, the racist asshole, um, and is a way to get all, basically a way to get all your money back, right? You drink away all your wages totally. and then it goes straight back to your boss. Now, I mean, everyone yeah. else is drinking away their wages too, but at least it goes to another worker, you know? Yeah. They built a bunch of railway tunnels. Historians used to think John Henry's tunnel was this one called Big Ben Tunnel. And actually the nearby town, there's a statue of him, which is cool, but it, it wasn't his tunnel, but I don't care. It's close enough. Yeah. The rock there at Big Ben Tunnel is fairly soft and there's no evidence that steam drills were ever used. There's actually specific evidence that they weren't used. Mm. The, the holes weren't big enough and shit. So Lewis Tunnel is the one that John Henry haunts. Okay. It is the second longest tunnel on the route. It is uh, 4,300 feet long, which is most of a mile. Damn. It goes through the hardest stone of any of the tunnels mm -hmm. on that route. And so it's where the owners decided to try out these new steam drills. Hand labor was at the time digging about 1.5 feet of tunnel a day. And old-timey salespeople were promising seven feet a day from the newest and greatest steam mm -hmm. drill. So they got themselves some steam drills, and they were very prone to breaking down, and they weren't usable in all conditions. Like if the tunnel was flooded, you can still mm -hmm. make people go dig, but you can't oh, make a sheesh. machine go dig, you know? Sheesh. Yeah. Parts were hard to source. They actually had to build entire boom towns devoted to their upkeep sometimes, right? Like, yeah. you need like boiler factories, basically. And the bosses had a hard time keeping workers. The bosses, I think they subcontracted a lot. They passed uh -huh. a rule that their contractors couldn't pay the employees more than a dollar a day. So both the Irish workers and the free black workers, who were friends because they spent all their evenings drinking together, they were like, fuck no, we demand $2 a day, which is all of like $50. That's what they were asking for. They're working 10 to 12 hours of a day at like murder yeah. work. And they're like, yeah, we want $50. <laughs> Take that, man. <laughs> like, first of all, like just again, living in any other century had to be awful because I'm just yeah. thinking smell. I'm thinking temperature. And it's not like you had like, you know, any sort of radar technology to when you just, you're just going to drop some dynamite into a rock that you standing on. Like yeah. this, just, this is just, all of that sounds stupid to me, yeah. you know? <laughs> and like, and then secondly, I just, I am continually fascinated by, me and my wife were just talking about this. Like mm -hmm. there's a, like at the school that, one of my children go to uh there's a as a, a Irish lady there and me and my wife are like you, you when you when you see an Irish when you see an Irish person you just they, they kind of get a pass already you know what I mean it's just <laughs> like ah you got a pass like you get it you know what I mean like you just kind of already feel like well you I mean y'all kind of our cousins you know and like yeah. so you just kind of like 
I, I just I've been just so fascinated by and I know that that like connection has been weaponized and, and has totally. been used against us. But at yeah. the same time, like but the lived experience, I just be like like we talked about in the in the this last week's hub or that's this week's hub politics. It's like, yo, like Sinead O'Connor, like, yo, yeah. she's squad. You know what I'm saying? Like you just look at them like hey, y'all kind of. Y'all, man, y'all should have never been white people. Like y'all should have just. Yeah. Y'all should have stayed one of us, you know? And, like, it's funny because, like, overall, I would say that Irish people living in Ireland did performed way better about this than, like, Irish people in the U.S., especially Absolutely. a couple generations. But, yeah. But, yeah, no, I, I yeah. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah, the, the ones on, the ones back home for y'all, like, really get it. And, like, they're yeah. like, oh, nah, man, man, yeah. fuck all that. We with y'all. I'm, you know what I'm saying? And I'm like, yeah. There was an article, uh, there was an episode we did recently about um, some ties between uh, Irish resistance and Palestinian resistance. Mm-hmm. And like Palestinian folks would talk about like, oh, I go to Ireland and it's like, I see Palestinian flags on the street and like, it's yeah. like a place where people actually respect me. And, and obviously Ireland is also struggling with all these like nativist fucks who are trying to get rid of, of all the immigrants who are right wing. And yeah, you know, there's like fucking Nazis everywhere these days, but of course, but yeah, no, I, 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 I keep thinking about how, um, how much right the the history of the creation of whiteness is the history of like trying to separate the working class from itself absolutely in order to be like hey that that guy's trying to steal your cookie and yeah but the thing that i keep running across more and more is obviously there's so many times where this worked right mm-hmm. there's so many times where poor white people immediately turned around and were like yeah. ha, i'm better than someone fuck fuck yeah you know yeah but there's all of these times when they didn't right like yeah these folks they just walked off yeah, they they quit together. Like, you know, they didn't even have. There's often this moment where like the white workers leave, and so they or they go on strike, so they bring in black strike breakers in order to use mm-hmm. race to try and divide the working yeah. class. And then often, actually, those then the same black people come are like, oh, actually, we're joining the strike, right? Yeah, yeah. And not always, right? But mm-hmm. but this time, I think I think this is like kind of a. It's almost this like throwaway line in the book I'm reading, but it's like one of the one of my favorite parts of this whole story that I like wish I knew more about. They like, so they demand that something be done about the bad air in the tunnel. Yeah. And I'm not certain that they wanted $2 a day. And I don't think it was a strike. I think that they're like, all right, well, we're, we're just going to quit and go work somewhere else. Like, yeah. fuck you. <laughs> um, yeah, we don't have, we don't have to do this. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> and the air in the Lewis tunnel was bad because specifically certain types of rock, if you, blast into them with a steam drill even more than hand drilling and even more than blowing it up it creates silica dust Mm. and this killed hundreds or thousands of railroad workers in west virginia um, Mm. over the course of like 60 70 years it doesn't kill you quickly it's kind of closer to like something like black lung or or something like that Mm. and or asbestos or you know Mm. basically anything you breathe in that you really shouldn't breathe in it slowly destroys your lungs and then you're more prone to infection than you die yeah. And and so a lot of people died of miners consumption, which was tuberculosis, but also like uh-huh. specifically related to all this shit. When drilling was done by hand, it doesn't put up as much dust. And also uh people weren't near the explodey bits because you tend not to stand next to an explosion as a general yeah. rule, right? Mm-hmm. But the steam drills, they just spit out dust. And so the tunnels had bad air. And the workers were right. They didn't know why they were right yet. They hadn't figured this out yeah. yet, right? 
Hunting actually tried to in- hire indentured Chinese labor once all of his workers left, but it wasn't available that far east. He like just couldn't get it, and he like he like was like trying to figure it out. He was like trying to like talk with like the assholes in mainland China who were selling people, and like yeah. he was like, and he just couldn't get Chinese labor. And he's like, "Fuck! What am I going to do? Where can I?" Find people that I can pay fucking nothing and send to their deaths. Yeah. The reformer Quaker guy had left the penitentiary and the new guy was even more hyped about convict labor. No more showing up to make sure the conditions are okay. So folks were forced to come out from the penitentiary and they started doing the actual drilling. And at this point probably is when John Henry became a a driller, Mm. right? A steel driving man. And wouldn't it be great if they could just test the steam drills like compared to a human like which one's faster really you know is it really yeah is the juice really worth the squeeze because you know as you're as you explaining this story that's the whole thing i'm thinking about i'm like man when do you just cut your losses this just obviously we have you know the hindsight of you know 200 years but like i feel like if i was in this situation like man i don't know if this juice worked squeeze yeah (laughs) over the workers it's certainly fucking hot yeah. yeah, you know, and and I'm like, even as, yeah, like you said, like you trying to find, I, I, I would be worried about the quality of work, especially if it's like, you got these, like, you got just prison labor. I'm like, oh, these yeah. people don't want to be here. They not paying attention. I just, well, you're you're, not I'm just the burning money. You know what yeah. I mean? I'm like, I'm just burning yeah. money here. Like, so I don't know. That would be. But you're problem. burning the state's money, not your money. Touche. And you they just, just keep providing it. That was the piece I was missing. Oh, yeah. well, if it's not my money, then I guess it's fine. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like the South is bankrupting itself in order to finance this kind of work. Mm-hmm. Um, and actually, yeah, and actually they they don't shore it up right, right? And eventually yeah. it like collapses and kills a bunch. This is like decades later. It collapses, kills a bunch of people. And so now it's all bricked up. I might be yeah. conflating the other tunnel, Big Ben Tunnel with Lewis Tunnel. I read about them both, but the same yeah, fucking point is, deal. it's yeah. obvious that at some point this is going to happen. Yeah. Yeah, yeah totally. So John Henry was never like, I'm faster than any machine. A, um, an evil empire was like, hey, we want to run a cost-benefit analysis and you are not a free person, so you're going to do it for us. Oh my gosh. And this tunnel was built by 150 men working day and night in three different shifts, cutting into the hardest rock anyone had ever dealt with. Most convicts, um, so it was mostly convicts, now that everyone else was like, oh, hell no. And they are working mm. right next to the steam drill. So like in some versions of the song, they're like steam drill on the left, John Henry on the right. That's just true. There was like, they were mm-hmm. side by side competing. Mm-hmm. So they're just breathing in all of that dust, right? The entire time they're working. Mm. And the hand drilling won. It was more effective. New boilers weren't easy to get and they kept failing. So in 1871, with the cost benefit analysis run, the machines left and the work was finished by hand. The 25 cent a day convicts did the rest of the work, continuing for years after the Lewis Tunnel gave up on steam drills. 10% of the workers died any given year during the years that they took to build this tunnel. John Henry probably died in 1873. They didn't actually record his death. They literally wrote transferred, but that's what they did for everyone who died. Because it was like transferred. I think it means like transferred out to the the work site. He passed. Yeah. Even those who moved off of the dot job site often died from the silica dust that they had already inhaled. Mm-hmm. Since they were convicts, they couldn't strike over the bad air like others had. And almost all of the workers who died were black men in their early 20s. 
No one recorded his death or exactly how he died. But yes, the race with the machine killed John Henry. It took until 1969 for the Coal Act to get passed and for powered drills to be required to have collars that limited the dust and for workers to get masks. And there's a there's an old white building referenced in some of the songs. They took John Henry mm-hmm. to the White House and buried him in the sand. In 1992, before anyone had tracked down the real John Henry, the real story, right? Mm-hmm. A uh, a white house on the penitentiary grounds was knocked down and they found oh, 300 yeah and they found 300 skeletons that had never been recorded of people whose deaths had never been recorded oh my gosh and they were all clearly prisoners who died somewhere in the latter half of the 19th century so john's john henry's body was almost certainly among them most likely in there yeah dang but where his body wasn't was in advertisements uh sophie's looking like that's the best transition i've ever done you're right that is the best i'm you're listen yeah that yeah 10 points for for finesse i can be a machine i can out podcast an ai because look i was locked in i was like i was hanging on your every word right now (laughs) like that one really got me most of the time you know when it's happening i was like i can't even go along with the bit i was locked in like where was his I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. he's probably, yeah, he's probably yeah. in that tunnel, man. Yeah. Right? He's probably in that thing under the White yeah. House. But you know where he's not, though? I was like, probably not in the, it was like, oh, no, never mind. Yeah. <laughs> well, he's probably not in these ads, but here they are anyway. Unless you subscribe to Cooler Zone Media, in which case you just get the ad transitions. Then you just hear us go, and we're back. Hi, I'm Cindy Crawford, and I'm the founder of Meaningful Beauty. Well, I don't know about you, but like, I never liked being told, oh, wow, you look so good for your age. Like, why even bother saying that? Why don't you just say you look great at any age, every age? That's what Meaningful Beauty is all about. We create products that make you feel confident in your skin at the age you are now. Meaningful Beauty, beautiful skin at every age. Learn more at MeaningfulBeauty.com. This is it, your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. With every CBD product claiming to do something different, it's nearly impossible to decide what's best for you. Lazarus Naturals pioneered the farm-to-front-door model of transparency where they handle each step of the production process to ensure quality, potency, and consistency. Scannable labels allow you to see the test results of your hemp batch so you can be confident in the safety and quality. Visit lazarusnaturals.com today. Lazarus Naturals, committed to improving your life as well as the world around you. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. 
And we're back. <laughs> so these deaths aren't mentioned anywhere else except the internal reports from the prison. There's no newspaper articles, no company reports, no private letters, no politicians talking about it on the like floor of the Senate or whatever the fuck. Even though these reports were given to the Senate, right? They just didn't look or care. And the thing that's so interesting to me about this, the no newspapers bit, it shows collusion between ostensibly competing companies because mm. the competing railways had bought all of the newspapers in Richmond pretty much to talk shit on the CNO. Because CNO, okay. like the railroads are big fucking business, right? Yes. And so they would have loved to have dirt on someone unless it's something that they're like, no, nah, there's nothing wrong with that. We, we can't we can't have people like yeah. care about dead convicts. We'd, here, just so here's the thing: we could we could talk shit about them, yeah, and how everybody that worked there be dying. But counterpoint, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that may make them invest us. Yeah, investigate on us. Yeah, yeah. Wow. So. One thing that is cool, though, a bunch of folks managed to escape the work camps and go into the mountains. Yeah, I'm waiting on the cool people that did cool stuff part it's, of this. <laughs> honestly, it's like, it's kind of the, he his legacy is cool. Like what yeah, people yeah, yeah, did yeah. with him. Because of him. Yeah, like, and it's interesting because it's a less political cool people and it's more about like all of this stuff about music and all of this other stuff that we'll get mm -hmm. to. But like, yeah. but yeah, no, it's like, People got out and some people died. Like, I, I don't know what percent of the 10% who died were people mm -hmm. trying to get out. Right. But it would make a lot of sense to try and get free of this fucking situation. Yeah. duh. The first time I came to West Virginia as an adult, I was doing flood relief work. Uh, mountaintop removal, okay. coal mining was trashing everything. It was causing whole towns to be evacuated because of coal dust. So all this shit still happens, you know, and the bare hills led to all these flash floods that fucked up all these towns. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I, I went to one of these towns and was just like literally helping muck out people's basements and shit. Mm -hmm. And and I talked with all these old miners and they told me with pride that the history of West Virginia, of the mountaineers, they, they probably said hillbillies, was the place where enslaved people, poor white people and indigenous people, like where everyone ran to, yeah. you know? Yeah. And that their like heritage was that they had swapped cultures and fucked. Yeah. And there's some myth making there and there's like some hyperbole, right? But mm -hmm. only some. The mountains are where people go to be free. Yeah. And yeah. I don't know. So some of the tunnel tunnelers escaped in the mountains and it makes me fucking happy. That's kind of rad. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much immediately, John Henry became John Henry became a symbol and was immortalized in song. And he was immortalized in three different ways. And none of these are written yet. It's going to be decades of uh -huh. 40, almost 50 years before it gets written down. Mm-hmm. There's minor song, there's prison labor song, and there's railroad worker song. And they're all different and they're all really cool. Roughly this era is when coal mining really takes off in Appalachia, especially in West Virginia. Steam engines had been re recently shifted from wood to coal. And so all mm -hmm. these new steam engines were powering the modern world and they need coal. Okay. The Welsh coal miners had a tradition of singing ballads while working. Like everyone sings songs yeah. at the time work, right? Mm. And but does so differently with very different styles of song, very different rhythm, like, you know. And so a lot of black rail workers stuck around the area after digging all these tunnels and joined them in the mines. 
And so the two cultures bled into one another and John Henry became a ballad. And the Welsh ballads were not happy songs. They were songs about death. They were songs about dying and they were songs about premonitions of death. So in this version of John Henry, it's a mournful song of a man who knows his sad destiny to die with a hammer in his hand. That's the line from this part that yeah. stays in the modern versions, right? And it was set to a tune from the 1500s from across the ocean. And it was a slow song because the moral of the story of this song is don't work yourself to death over, you know, like don't let the over word. Over some bullshit, yeah. Yeah. Uh, since work is done to the pace of the songs, singing a slow song kept people working at an even measured pace, right? Brilliant. Yeah. Brilliant. Yeah, people are fucking smart, you know? Yeah. Like minor songs were also songs about how evil bosses were and about how women are cheat or bad. Um, this mm-hmm. is gonna tie into some blues shit too. Although that's less from the Welsh ballad stuff. That's more uh-huh. from what we'll talk about later with the anyway, with the hammer songs. This these are songs about how everything hurts and then you die. The earliest John Henry songs are about a man who struggled and died a horrible death, but how he still was alive underground, haunting the living. Mm. basically the earliest John Henry songs are creepy folk horror songs, which is cool as shit. I really like folk horror and all that shit. Yeah. Yeah. Up until the 1930s, a lot of black workers wouldn't go near the C&O canals tunnels at night uh, because of his ghost. Uh And uh, supposedly, this possibly goes back to West African, especially Igbo traditions about those who die suddenly or terribly often like live underground and their spirits Uh have to be warded off, right? Yeah. Singing is one of the best ways to ward off these spirits. And I think that's cool as shit because singing is one of the best ways to conquer fear. So the idea of like yeah. baking that into your culture where you're like... Yeah, it, it's Igbo. Yeah, okay, cool. It is Igbo, yeah. Yeah. And so John Henry exists in this sense. And like, I'll actually just literally believe it. There's no part of me that's like, well, well no, he doesn't haunt these tunnels. Like, no, like literally these songs are proof that he haunts these tunnels. Everyone yeah, remembers... Yeah, yeah. We're still talking were, about him. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, totally. Okay, so then convict laborers picked this song up too as a hammer song. Hammer songs tended to be less narrative. They instead had short lines punctuated by a huh, which was for swinging the hammer, right? At the end of each line. Mm-hmm. And one of the themes of the John Brown one, uh, the John Brown hammer right. song, mm-hmm. is um, you know how like racist white people are terrified of the black man as like physically powerful? Yeah. This is a song about a black man killed for his physical might. And uh, it is a a black power song, but like black power and a raw physical athletic power song and how it terrified white men. The other way that prisoners were using it was it got picked up as a fiddle song for hoedowns in like Kentucky and shit. In the hills of Kentucky. Let's go. Yeah. Black and white white kids in at least the town that I'm reading this particular story about Black and white mm-hmm. kids went to school together until it was outlawed. Like segregation was like forced into this part of Appalachia Dang. in 1904. Yeah. So before that, and kids who grew up doing this, white and black ex-convicts would play versions of John Henry, uh, John Henry on banjo. And they would do it right outside of jails so that prisoners could sing it too. That's dope. You have a fucking hoedown outside the prison. Yeah. Yeah. Banjo just uniting us. Yeah. Both of these styles of songs are still around and there's still John Henry songs in those styles, right? But the themes of John Henry that we currently have, when I first learned the story, I was convinced that like John Henry is like a hard worker who, you know, was like proud and shit. I was like, I was convinced that was going to be like some shit some capitalists try to to sell people on. Uh Uh-huh. 
It actually isn't. Okay. The third version of these songs comes from another, yet another black culture or another culture of black workers, the track liners. Okay. One of the reasons that the South lost the Civil War was that their supply lines were shit because mm-hmm. their railroads were shit. Yeah. They were all different gauges. Nothing was standardized. They didn't have much industry. So building the railways in post-Civil War South took an awful lot of work. Some of that was convict labor, but an awful lot of that was free black labor called the track liners. These were roving gangs of, of workers, uh, mostly young single black men. The crews were actually racially integrated. I don't think, like white workers were in the minority, but I don't believe that it was like, oh, you have like a white gang and a black gang and most of the gangs are black. Mm-hmm. I believe it was actually most of the gangs were mostly black, but had white mm-hmm. workers in them as well. And so these gangs, right? The, the rail gangs, they're mm-hmm. proud. Only the strongest men could track line. And they oh, wow. seemed to be freelance crews. They weren't incredibly well paid. They were paid better than a lot of other people, right? Mm-hmm. But they were freelance crews of eight to 14 men. They got paid cash instead of scrip, like so many other workers, right? And so you could go do this job and then come back and, and be come like- Come home with some money. Yeah. yeah. And so it's incredibly hard, physically demanding work that paid better than other jobs. But it was still shit compared to what you know rich people get. Yeah. But it was livable rather than starvation wages. One person's job on the gang, I, I hope they rotated. But maybe they didn't. I don't know. Maybe one person's just a good singer. One person's job is the caller who sings. Mm-hmm. And they time everything as they're like digging up railroad tracks. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. And it literally like, I mean, it prevents physical injury to every, have mm-hmm. everyone pull at the same time, right? A lot of their songs are like literally just like, yo, women are hot in their underwear. Am I right? You know? Yeah. And then, yeah. Um, a lot of their songs are like, hey, we're strong and proud. This rules. Their, their nickname, besides the track liners, was the, the Gandhi Dancers. Since their work looked almost like dancing and Gandhi was mm-hmm. the manufacturer of lots of their tools. Mm-hmm. The work wore you down. Most track liners retired in their early 30s to go take up an... You know that like classic, easy, not physically demanding job like farming? <laughs> <laughs> that's how hard these motherfuckers were you are tougher men than i am yeah that's your that's yeah, your that's, oh god that's, that's your retirement plan cuz yeah yeah early Dang. 30s i'm gonna go be a farmer yeah because these days farming is like the definition of hard work yeah there's nothing harder than this yeah, yeah. uh fortunately they had a new invention the track liners to help them cope with the pain drugs C- Cocaine, yeah. Yup. <laughs> <laughs> At least we can get high. Yeah. Ugh. And so they saw, sang John Henry too, and they sang it as a ballad like the miners. But to them, it was an inspiring story about the kind of stuff they were into, being strong as fuck and being better than any fucking machine. Mm. It was an inspiring story about a giant strong black man who could work hard as fuck, just like they w- were working hard as fuck. So this is the, the hustle culture John Henry or the tall tail hall John Henry. Yeah. These were guys who at night, they, you know, they've been working all day. So they get together and do physical feats of strength as their main like oh competition. God. And I would call that a pissing contest, except they also had literal pitting, pissing. They contests. also had those. <laughs> yeah. Dog, these guys are unsufferable, man. I, I was, know. Like, they're probably God having damn, fun. Man. Yeah, they was having fun. <laughs> like, uh, uh, I don't want to be one, but you know. At all. Yeah. <laughs> 
Like you can have it, buddy. Yeah, yeah. you can have it. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna rail this cocaine and yeah. watch you guys lift shit. Yeah, I'll be the singer again. Yeah, I'll like, just sing. Yeah, I can keep rhythm. Yeah. Oh crap! I can't do it now. Um. So there's three versions of the song now, right? There's the minor song, the mm-hmm. convict song, and the trackliner song with all these subversions of the song already. This is what folk culture does, which is fucking cool. Yeah. Folklorists, like conscious academic folklorists, so I'm not trying to talk shit on, but they they conflated them all back together in the early 1900s. Then these songs kind of started all the genres or at least were present at the start of all yeah. the genres. It's less that they hooks up. We'll get, okay. So white America has always been hungry for black culture, especially music. Yeah. yeah. In the 1840s, about 20% of free black men in the Northern cities, like who had jobs that were written on uh, official shit, whatever. Mm-hmm. Their jobs were like musician-near as their job description. Mm-hmm. And so often like, you know, traveling folks doing songs and also comedy was a big part of yeah. it too. And so the, the late 1800s and early 1900s saw a lot of these people as wandering musicians. By the 1890s, white medicine show people, like people who did medicine shows who were white, figured out that black songs were how you draw customers, white and black, into your tent to sell them snake oil. Mm-hmm. By the 1920s, the proto-blues musicians, black street performers, were recording versions of John Henry. Hammer songs became the blues when the hum yeah. was dropped out of the song, replaced mm-hmm. with an unvocalized pause, which is, I guess, called a, a caesura. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I realize I'm, I'm now probably getting into territory where you um, have at least as much knowledge yeah, about I got Yeah, I know a little bit, yeah, but this, yeah. stuff, this stuff's dope, dude. Yeah. Like, if, as, if you just enjoy music... Just yeah. the musicality of it. Cause like, yeah, the hammer song, like, and you guys, like, uh, listeners, like, you have, you actually have more of a picture. You have an idea of how this sounds already, you know, just the, even just, you, you remember as a kid, that's yeah. the sound of a man yeah. working on a chain. <clears throat> uh, huh. You know what I mean? Yeah. So when you remove that and it's just, dum, dum, yeah. Now you're now it's in the blues because yeah. you took out the huh. It's just the the downbeat of the of the bass. Yeah. Burn, burn, burn. Yeah. It's it's dope. I love it. Yeah. No. And they like, you know, they'd replace like a thump on the body of the guitar instead of the mm-hmm. hammer, and like yeah. And these were first played in the juke joints and roadhouses of the rail workers. Then it found its way into cities for rent parties, which were basically benefit shows and potlucks for people falling behind on rent. And John Henry was an early classic of this stuff. These are almost exclusively a black audience. White folks, even working class white folks at this point, were like walking around humming operas still in like the tent yeah, buildings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And this doesn't last long. It, it's the blues. It's kind of better. Like, it's kind of dope. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Just, sorry, survival of the fittest here, but. Yeah, you know, it is what it is, like, guys. Yeah. So. And it's white leftists picking up on the blues and John Henry that gives us Superman, but we'll get to that later. Okay, okay. <laughs> For sort of double the weird white fetishization of black suffering, blind black men in particular were all the rage. Most huh. of these blind musicians only recorded a song or two and then died in poverty. They in particular started tying John Henry to the story of Samson from the Bible. The, mm. the strong man who yeah. was... Uh, he was blinded and enslaved by the Philistines 
And he prayed mm-hmm. to God for one final feat of strength, then collapsed the amphitheater that he was chained in, killing his slavers alongside of him. It's not hard to imagine why yeah. people make this connection. This is how I get into the like, you're like, well, how is this a story about cool people did cool stuff? It's like, yeah. Well, it's like Samson was cool, right? S- Samson's pretty rad. Yeah. And like John Henry was cool, even though it, yeah. Even though it involved his death. You know? Yes. 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 I know. I'm, I'm seeing it now. Once, as we're getting into this part, I'm like, oh, I get it. Yeah. Yeah. And black soldiers in France in World War I brought the blues and jazz with them. They were also mm-hmm. treated better than they were at home because yeah. France passed a law that even on U.S. Army bases, no one was allowed to be racist pieces of shit in France. Like you're in our fucking mm-hmm. country now, which is funny. Yeah. I mean, not that race, France is like a perfect racism free society, but like it's not hard to be better than the U.S. No, it was like the bar, <laughs> the bars, the bars in hell, like the yeah. bar couldn't be lower. Yeah. But yeah, like my, who I feel like my patron saying is, is James Baldwin, mm-hmm. is him talking about going to France and being like, yeah, oh, I'm a human here. Like, yeah, yeah. just like that simple. Like, well, I mean, I'm, I feel like a human. Yeah. Didn't he, he stayed there, right? He was like, yes. Yeah. He was like, why the hell would I come back? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and so, so France now suddenly has a lot of this black culture stuff. But you know what else is trying to sell probably black culture to white oh, audience? absolutely. Today's advertisers. Absolutely, yes. I was ready for this one. <laughs> Hi, I'm Cindy Crawford, and I'm the founder of Meaningful Beauty. When Dr. Sabah and I decided to do a skincare line together, he said to me, we are going to give women meaningful beauty. And I said, that's exactly right. We want to give women meaningful beauty, which means each and every product is meaningful. It has a a reason to exist. It's efficacious. You're going to get results. And then you just go out and live your life. Meaningful beauty. Confidence is beautiful. Learn more at MeaningfulBeauty.com. This is it, your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. With every CBD product claiming to do something different, it's nearly impossible to decide what's best for you. Lazarus Naturals pioneered the farm-to-front-door model of transparency where they handle each step of the production process to ensure quality, potency, and consistency. Scannable labels allow you to see the test results of your hemp batch so you can be confident in the safety and quality. Visit lazarusnaturals.com today. Lazarus Naturals, committed to improving your life as well as the world around you. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. And we're back. So, internationalists and leftists in Europe start spreading U.S. black culture across the 
country, continent, yeah. Europe. It starts spreading it across across Europe. Mm-hmm. Hobos in the U.S. pick up John Henry songs, of course, too, and from there it entered the growing folk music tradition of the United States. And cultural appreciation and appropriation are hard to sort out, but there are times where it's obviously the bad one. Yeah. Some of these ones, I'm like, I don't know. I'm not really in a good position to judge. Yeah, sometimes you really got to, sometimes it's like you really got to be there because there's like a lot of like uh, nuance about the moment that maybe you're not catching. And then there's other times, yeah, like if you're in the situation to where like it just don't, it just don't feel right. Like this just don't. Yeah. They don't feel right. Yeah, but yeah, go yeah. ahead. No, yeah, so this is the um, this is the most obvious example of it being bad. How John Henry became one of the first recorded country songs. Oh, yep, there it is. You yeah. ever heard of this guy? I hadn't heard of him, but I'm not a big country music fan. Um, I try not to hate on any given genre, right? But there's like some genres where I... Okay, if I like the mediocre song in a genre, I like that genre, right? I like that. That's a good way to say it. um, And so I like the standout country songs, but I like the mediocre hip hop songs and I like the mediocre black metal songs. Yeah. That's a good way to put it. Cause like you have like for for a country song, if it's not like Ray Charles, like it's gotta be like exceptional. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Go on. The first country singer widely considered the first country singer is a man named Fiddlin' John Carson. Got me. No clue. Never heard those words said together. There's, I almost wish I wasn't bringing him up. He is a <laughs> racist piece of shit and a poser. He grew up in black culture. His first job was as a water boy to black workers on a railroad in Georgia. And so he was steeped in black worker music. Mm-hmm. He, went, he learned to play fiddle in Atlanta, famously not rural place. Yeah. He was one of the first members of the second incarnation of the Ku Klux Klan. The right. one that formed in 1915, which was like where yeah. they were basically cosplaying as the originals. Yeah, the not funny ones. Yeah. Um, yeah. He immediately started lying and saying that he was from some like white, white as fuck place and that he's only ever been into white shit and he's like rural as fuck. That is like his thing now. And he not goes around and he supports all the racist like politicians and shit. He's like, he's the guy who comes and plays at your fucking, if you're a racist politician mm-hmm. going around on the stump or whatever, he's the guy who comes and mm-hmm. plays for you. Fiddlin' John Carson. And so... You know how we have this problem in modern pop music where there's some piece of shit country stars who lie about their origins and pretend to be all rural but are actually suburban and urban and then are racist? Yeah. Yeah. Like the triad in a small town guy? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Origin story. Yeah. That is a, that's a tradition that goes back 100 years. <laughs> where your accent from, bro? You from Cleveland, homeboy. <laughs> Hilarious. John Carson was the first person to press a record that was called country. He was also the first person to press a record that was like released and publicly available called John Henry. He stripped out the fact that John Henry was a black man. Also at one point with his music, he managed to lead to the lynching of a Jewish man because he wrote a song about an accused Jewish murderer and who like killed a, a white woman. I mean, as a white right. Jewish man, but you know, yeah, still, got it. Got to protect the white yeah. women. And so this, this accused murderer was dragged out of jail before his trial and hanged. Sheesh, great. After he wrote a song about After fuck, he wrote a song about it. Yeah. So so he just so he so he he from the block, grew up with black people, learned our music, got roped into the racist folks, pretended like he ain't know nothing about it, uh gentrified yeah. John Henry, yeah. and then and then yeah. got somebody killed. 
Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Haven't heard that before. No. So this initial, there is good and awesome country music. The first thing that was called country music was, wasn't by or for rural people. It was by and for urban white people who wanted nostalgia about the rural past that their parents or grandparents left behind, which is not inherently wrong. You can, I like living in the country. I could imagine having uh, whatever, but just fucking own it. Yeah. Just be what you are. Yeah. 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 The romanticization, like, and that's something even, even in modern country music, like that's something that I'm like, it's, that doesn't bother me. The romanticization of romanticization. I don't know how to say this. Like yeah. how you romanticize just like small town living urban. It yeah. is what it is. Like, I mean, hip hop does that with like hood and gang life. Like, yeah. like this is clearly, you're clearly romanticizing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Cause if you was here, yeah. You know, it's like, yeah. there's, there's certain things that you're just like, I'm never reliving this again. You know yeah. what I mean? But, but yeah, that, but to know that like it was, and, and actually that's crazy. Like to be like the first like recorded actual like star yeah. was a poser yeah. is like also something that, I mean, that happened to hip hop too. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, the, 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 the first like mega star was like, and Grandmaster Kaz wrote that, you know. Anyway. Yeah. That doesn't surprise me. Um, mm. When the industry gets involved. Yeah. Totally. That is the... Uh, yeah, because that's the thing. Because it's like he didn't invent that style of music or anything like that. I don't, I don't know that he claimed to, you know. But yeah, he became the first star of it, the first recorded. And he managed to rip off both black culture and rural white working class culture all at once. <laughs> Magical. Which, at that time and place, skewed left wing, not right wing, which is mm. not always the case and not universal. True. Um, that's part of my own. I have to be careful about my own like romanticization of, you know, mm-hmm. the, anyway, whatever. So everyone wants a piece of John Henry as a symbol, including <laughs> surprise entry into today's conversation, the Communist Party. Okay. Credit where it's due, in the Great Depression, the Communist Party was probably the most influential political organization involved in black civil rights that had lots of black leadership that was not specifically a black civil rights organization. Yeah. And the Communist Party started using John Henry as an icon of working class black America. I don't know whether this started with a white person or a black person in the Communist Party deciding this. I know that Mm -hmm. there was black leadership in the Communist Party, but Mm -hmm. it wasn't a majority of it, I don't think. Mm -hmm. Um. This also represented the sort of masculinization of the left because he was portrayed in this cartoonishly Mm. giant, strong man way, right? Yeah. This is around this time, it's my best guess, is when white socialists in the US move away from like humming opera and towards American folk music and blues and and all this other stuff. One of the main people who drew John Henry for the Communist Party was a, a white Jewish New Yorker whose name I forgot to write down. And the worst part is I actually literally wrote into the script a white Jewish New Yorker whose name I forgot to write down because I made that addition at the last minute right before we <laughs> recorded. And this particular That's man. Glorious. Yeah, yeah. This anonymous man. No one knows who he is. Now the book I yeah. read knows who he is. Uh, yeah. Plenty of people know. It's, yeah. It's in yeah. books. I just didn't write it down. Yeah. yeah. Drew him cartoonishly large and powerful, uh-huh. like almost a superhero. This has two direct impacts. The less last lasting impact is that the communist Jews were a, understandably, communist Jews were a huge part of the push against fascism in the 1930s because they had uh, plenty of skin in that game multiple ways, yeah. you know? Yes. 
So when the U.S. government was looking for icons for a multiracial American industrial power, like we're this multiracial industrial power, we're going to defeat Nazis, right? Mm-hmm. There's John Henry. And so the, the images of the giant, strong, industrial man, whether mm-hmm. he's white or black in U.S. propaganda from this time, comes from John Henry as a communist. Uh, wow. <laughs> okay. When I was reading this book, like once I got to the part where like John Henry was dead, I was like, all right, like, I mean, like mostly done with this story, right? He's fucking dead. And I'm like, holy shit. Holy yeah. shit. <laughs> what, <laughs> yeah. what is happening? Yeah. You guys buried the lead here, guys. I know. Yeah. Yeah. The other lasting impact is that three Jewish leftist teenagers in New York City, Jerry Siegel, Joe Sh- Schuster, and Jack Kirby, or at least anti-fascist, but coming from a leftist background, I believe. Mm-hmm. They grew up seeing John Henry as this larger-than-life, muscly icon fighting for what's right. So they grew up drawing comics. A lot of them are like John Henry in space and shit, right? Are like the first wow. comics. Eventually, um, his clothes get tighter, his skin gets lighter, uh-huh. and you get Superman and Captain America because that's the thing that these three kids make t- separately. The first two make Superman, the last one yeah, makes yeah, yeah. John, uh, Captain America. Or other way Someone, fuck, someone's going to be real mad at me about that. Yeah. Right. Hey, guys, um, relax. <laughs> yeah. Wherever you are, relax. Yeah. You, this is, <laughs> relax. Okay? I couldn't afford, I, I tried to buy we Superman got it. number one as research, but iHeart was like, we, we, we're not going to do that. Yeah, we're not going to spend a million dollars for you. Yeah. Yeah. So, many of the earliest superheroes that these folks drew were actually were darker skinned too, though soon the industry stripped away both the politics and the melanin from it really quick. Because Mm -hmm. these first heroes were like tracking down capitalists who sent miners to their death. Let's go. Let's go. Yeah. So, a five foot one black convict laborer guy killed in an industrial accident accident, is directly tied into the origins of blues, jazz, folk, country, and fucking comic books. And is the model for Superman (laughs) and Captain America. Oh my gosh. And then to go full circle, the, the last paragraph I have in my script, which is actually just ties into what you brought up at the very beginning. Black power activists in the early 70s taught John Henry too, as an icon mm-hmm. of a strong black man who died because he worked for the white man, you, you know? Yeah. And the use of him as a black power icon seems to have peaked in the 70s, but that's mostly because repression destroyed the black power movement in the 70s. Absolutely. And so he lives on as two separate things. A weird folktale devoid of any political, cultural, or racial analysis that's about, like, Mm -hmm. how we're better than machines, but we'll die. Yeah. And as a working-class black Appalachian hero. Wow. (sighs) Man, I need a minute. That's... (laughs) You just... You just made my brain a pretzel. What a a brain pretzel. You know? I know. I know. Oh, you you forget, you know, like, I, I it's hard to say, like, uh, uh, use words, prop. Like, <laughs> your job. <laughs> yes. Yeah. History is not, it's not dominoes. It's not linear where yeah. this thing happened. And then the air, we call them errors, like, much later. Yeah. But everything's happening just like it's happening now. Like, just... Everything's happening at once all the time. Yeah. You know, and of course, because we're all on the same planet, it is all interconnected. 
it's just the only way for you to be able to focus on what's happening is you have to take a piece by piece, but it's all, it's all happening, yeah. you know? And, but since we don't, and I don't know how could you, since we don't study history like that to where you're like, well, no, like this was what was all, it's all the time. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like yeah, that the integration, if you will, when someone ties it all together, it it's so mind blowing, but it's also like, well, yeah, duh. I mean, I mean, that's what was that's what people do because yeah, that's what people do. Like that's how yeah. life is now. You yeah. know what I mean? Like the shit we you know, are doing can have that impact. Exactly. You know, you got like uh, all at the same time. Cali had a hurricane. Florida got a hurricane. Yeah. While Russia and Ukraine are in war. While you know Niger is being overthrown. While there's a fire in Johannesburg. While you know what I'm saying. So like yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, while China is still outpacing us, like all of it's happening and 50 Cent threw a mic at a lady, you know, like <laughs> it's just, it's all happening all right now, you know? Yeah. So of course it's all connected. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah, no, I, I, there's this, um, there's like meme going around where people are like, everyone's afraid to go back in time because they're afraid if they change one small thing, it'll change everything about the future. But no one recognizes that that means that we can change the future. Like now, the small yes. things we do now could yeah. totally change everything about the future. Like, like, would we have superheroes if John Henry hadn't been born? Pro- probably. I don't know. At you know, some like, point, yeah. But like, but we don't know. We don't know whether they would have mm-hmm. looked the same. We, 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 everything about culture gets shaped by all of these things, these decisions that we make. Yeah. Even if it's not, yeah. you know, always conscious. Like, I'm going to try and have the following effect. Um, yeah. But I. Yeah, we can fucking, we can like get shit done. We can. Doing shit. Yes, we can. It's so pop. Yes, we can. Yes, we can. (laughs) (laughs) Imagining a better future. Dude, (sighs) Margaret, I mean, I'm going to go body roll to some blues. (laughs) Hell yeah. You know. Going to learn some pentatonic scales. That's what I got to do. Yeah. Good luck, man. Yeah, <laughs> joints is difficult. Yeah, what a yeah, yeah, and and then I don't know. I mean, I feel like everybody does. You have like these, just like various like lucid memories or like you know disparate images from childhood or books or things maybe your parents had in passing or maybe you mm-hmm. had to watch a video in school or something, and like. But they're bits and pieces of information, yeah. And and so when you said so, even we open when we opened it up, that's what happened when you said you heard of John Henry. It yeah. was like at bits and pieces of it. That's why I was like, yeah, I know the story. Yeah. And then I was like, wait, no, I don't. Wait, yeah, right. I do. But you knew more of the story than I did. You yeah, know? you yeah. know. So there, there was yeah, just those. Man, I I'm like. <laughs> As a just a fan of the show and just a fan of learning, like as you just like, man, you just connect again. The birds just all came into yeah, all came into place right now. Hell yeah, I'm I'm so thankful. Like I'm feel gratitude. Oh no, I I like having you on the show. This is good, man. Keep doing this. We're gonna we're gonna renew. We're renewing Margaret's contract. Right? <laughs> I like, hope so. Renewed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we're renewing my contract. Yeah. <laughs> as long as you guys want to do shows, there's a place for you. Till the heat go. death of the universe. 
till the heat death of the universe. Or we breathe in too much silica dust. You know, one of those things. Yeah. Well, if people want to hear your podcast Please. called Hood Politics, what's your podca- podcast called? <laughs> yeah. That, it, uh, could Politics with Prop. Yeah, so Hood Politics with Prop. Uh, Matt and I are actually sitting on seven songs that we're going to, you know, kind of put out as a mixtape, do like some song exploders, but we're waiting for these fools to figure out how to do the cooler zone on Android. You know what I mean? So we're kind of waiting on that. And once oh, that's shit. ready. So it's going to be a cooler zone mixtape. Cooler yeah. Zone mixtape, cool. I mean, um, I mean and, cooler. Uh, cooler. Are we going to make that? Are we going to make that a thing? Oh, yeah. that's cool. Uh, yeah, get use, use an actual cooler as the, the logo. <laughs> Right. Yo, I'm going to try to get my I'm trying to get my kids to say start saying cooler. Yeah, that's cooler, man. Nah, yeah, yeah, dad can't do it. Yeah, um, I, think we, I think we're too old to start slang. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. I can't start slang. I'm like, but your dad's a rapper. Like, yeah. Yeah, but you do like but old your, man rap. Your dad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you rap about dad shit. Yeah. Um, yeah. Nah, uh, Terraform Cold Brew. Uh, please use promo code HOOD. Get 15% off. When we did this on the, um, I threw that out on on It Could Happen Here and sold more coffee than, Hell I was yeah. like, y'all got a lot of listeners. I like this. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, yeah. Do that and follow me on all the things prop hip hop. Hell yeah. Uh, and if you are white person concerned about what is cultural appreciation and not, one thing that is almost always safe to do is buy things from black owned businesses. Listen, you can't lose. Yeah. I will take your money. Yeah. And appropriate it well. <laughs> I will allocate Excellent. the funds. Yes. Uh, if you want to watch me at the end of every single episode, not remember what it is that I'm going to. I, I, I swear. I was like, I spent the whole break in between being like, I'm going to remember the thing that I'm supposed to plug. And I don't know what it is. Is it a live show? Do you have like I don't know. an event I, coming I don't up? I think so. No, I, I, uh, but I have. Are you running for office? I've been thinking about it, um, but no, I probably won't. <laughs> I got distracted thinking about what that would look like. Vote Margaret anarchist for president. Amazing. Well, okay, it's all about music. I have a bunch of different music projects. This isn't what I was going to pitch, but or promote or whatever plug. That's the verb. Uh, my most recent, uh, whatever. My most recent is a, a synth pop band called The Lathe, and it is a. We have an EP out on Bandcamp and Spotify, and as Prop pointed out, um, even though Spotify pays garbage, people look it at does. the Spotify numbers in order to determine how important someone is. Um, whereas no one looks at Bandcamp to say how important is this band because it doesn't have an immediate quantifiable number. So, however yep. you choose to listen to it. I'm perfectly happy. I hope you enjoy it. I'm also in a black metal band called Feminazgul. And I am not yet in a band with Sophie. Mm. That's because, a good thing. Oh, okay. Oh, man, it broke up. What'd you say? You're not in a band with what? Sophie. Me. Yeah. Oh, dude. Dude. Did you imagine? Oh, ruined Margaret's career. My oh, man. lack of <laughs> Sophie, talent. Is, is, that, is that your Achilles heel? Is that the one thing you can't do? Oh no! I got no. I got MIDI and Auto Tune. We're fine. I'm just gonna you just sing whatever I've you want. Yet to, I'll man, you. look, 
I don't know what I need to do to be in these like group texts or like party situations because I feel like I can't wait. Like we have yet to like party somewhere. Like, yeah, you know, and like I need to see they, y'all on the next dance time floor. I'm on the West Coast. DJ, DJ Daniel just remixed uh, my voice onto the I've been asking for a Cool Zone Media ending jingle since we decided we were going to do Cool Zone Media and they just mm-hmm. finalized that. So maybe I Love could it. be in a band. All right. Well. Well, that sounds dope to me. Is your plug that everyone should go listen to your band? No, my plug is that everyone should go listen to your band and go listen to Prop's new album. Yeah. Yep. All right. Bye. Cool People Who Did Cool Stuff is a production of Cool Zone Media. For more podcasts from Cool Zone Media, visit our website, coolzonemedia.com. Or check us out on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey guys, back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck yeah, and some waves. So we could go surfing. Oh, <laughs> ah, love that. A redwood forest would be cool. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, tenor girl go shopping. Yeah, baby. Wait. Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. With every CBD product claiming to do something different, it's nearly impossible to decide what's best for you. Lazarus Naturals pioneered the farm-to-front-door model of transparency where they handle each step of the production process to ensure quality, potency, and consistency. Scannable labels allow you to see the test results of your hemp batch so you can be confident in the safety and quality. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today. Lazarus Naturals, committed to improving your life as well as the world around you. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA.